to episode 68 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBot, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify. Also, follow us on our Instagram at TwizPod. And watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. You can uh, download the Island TV app from your smartphone. So, I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What's up, y'all? Hey, Nye. What do we call this episode? Um, we had to come back to that. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, Happy New Year to everybody. We are now in the 2020. Um, how was your new year, Nye? Um, it was great. I had a great time. Um, I ended the year with my family, with well, a part of the year with my family. I went down to Virginia. Um, I stayed for about a week. So I had a good time down there just being with them. And then I came back up to New York and I did um, New Year's Eve in Times Square, which I've never done before. Yeah, but wow. um, I was invited to a party in the H&M building which is like right in Times Square. So right. it was actually gorgeous. It was on like one of the top floors. The The space that we were in had floor to uh, ceiling windows and we were right by the ball. So we watched the ball drop. We had some good food. It tasted like somebody's grandmama was back there cooking. I, I had oxtail for the first time. I've never had oxtail before. So I had in one oxtail. In your and life? I, in my life. one. I had one. I just ate one. Because, you know, I just can't get over that it's an actual tail. So I like, I never could really get past that part of it. But I nibbled on it. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I don't know if I can have a whole plate, a whole meal of it. But, you know, I can nibble on one. <laughs> oh, back when I used to eat it. I mean, it's, it is meaty, though. <laughs> but I'm just like, this is a tail. Ugh. But mm-hmm. other than that, but, it, you know, uh, I had a great time. I brought in the New Year with some friends. Uh, saw the fireworks, saw the ball drop. It was a good time. Same here, family, friends, um, hanging out, uh, going to different parties, going to a ditty party, um, just hanging out with my with my family. So it was it was a good time. Um, we are we are in 2020, y'all. This is like it's still blowing my mind. You know, real quick, just to go back to to Diddy real quick. Um, uh, I saw Instagram. I guess he was doing a party. Um, I don't know in the past. Maybe it was that. It, maybe it was that party, but. I didn't really see the date that he um, posted this video on Instagram, but he said, um, I'm about to go take my nap real quick before this party. I was like, that's a, that's a real old man move right there. I, like, I, ain't, even mad at you. I ain't even mad at you, Diddy, because you know what? You, you get a good hot five in real quick. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you know, rejuvenate yourself real quick, power up, then you're good to go. I was like, that's a real old man move right there. I ain't mad. Give me a nap. <laughs> Give me a nap before I go out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So moving into this ratchet minute, what you got? All right. So I guess, you know what? Maybe we can name this new me, new you, new boo, because apparently Lil Wayne got engaged. <laughs> All right. Over, I guess All it was right. over the, the new year holiday, between the, the holidays. He got... Um, engaged to Letitia Thomas, who is known as a plus size model. Um, she's actually signed to Wilhelmina and, you know, they got engaged. They actually met sometime last year. And according to sources, they both fell in love first at first sight. So I guess it does happen. Um, so congratulations to Lil Wayne, to Lil Wayne and his, his woman. Um, so, you know, he's been married before. I think we, we discussed that he was married to, um, 
His first child's mother. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of her name. Toy, Latoya, Toya. Yes. Yeah. And she actually just got married or is about to get married to somebody else. But um, so this will be his second marriage. And I'm pretty sure she's going to have a baby soon because Lil Wayne is very fertile. So <laughs> Unbelievable, but true. You know, so and, and surprisingly, Lil Wayne had some really gorgeous kids. It's amazing how God works because <laughs> he has some cute kids. You and I have talked about this. You... <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how that works. But, you know, congratulations to them. Um, you know, so this was posted on Media Takeout, which, you know, sometimes their news is really not real news. So we shall see. Um, one thing they did post in on their little um, on their website is they posted her her weight and her size, which I thought was so distasteful. Yeah. Like, on, like all right, is, does that matter? Really? That she's that she's 220, 220 pounds, and she's a size 16. So I guess that's a that's a thing. Who cares? Who cares? Like, why would you post that? Most people, most people are considered, you know, plus size. You know what I'm saying? Why is that big? Pretty enough? much. Pretty guess. much. So is she, is she a sister? I don't know. Her name is Letitia Thomas. So her her name sounds like she's a sister, but she looks like she is probably maybe mixed. She looks Hispanic, possibly. Um, I don't know who. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, that's an exotical. That's that seems to be um, an ongoing trend these days and in past days with these people, these rappers and famous black men who are going with the other. Uh, Jeezy is now with. Uh, What's her name? Jenny May? Jenny Mai? Jenny mm-hmm. Yeah. Which. Mm. Uh, I can see the trap got. Okay. All right. You know what? Uh, somebody somebody posted. Uh, he, he not young Jeezy no more. He Jeezy young. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But that whole that whole thing is just. It's, it's a big yawn to me. Like, all right. It's whatever. Oh. Congratulations to them. That's all I'm going to say. Congratulations. There you, go. there you go. What a way to start off to 2020. All right. So moving on. Um, so did you hear that your girl Black China has fumbled the bag? Sis is not starting out 2020 on a high note right now. So um, we know that she has a thing for for the men, which is, of course, that's, that's a cool thing. So she dumped YBN. Is it YBN? YBN something. I don't know. But he's like. He was like 18 or 19, something like that. And then she started dating a guy known as CJ. So turns out CJ is actually an Assyrian prince um, of the Dani Shamoon Bedwadi family. Has, of course, a lot of money. And they have a lot of land and oil in Iran. And um, so she dumped him. And uh, we need to know why. (laughs) (laughs) I need to understand why they split up. What's going on here? Sis is not starting out the, the new. So then she started. She cheated on him with Future, girl. Oh, <laughs> what kind okay. of cool shade does Future be giving out? I don't know what I it is. Don't know, but it seems like he he gives a taste out to whomever. <laughs> he's got he's plenty- also a, a, a very fertile. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Like supposedly she dumped the Assyrian prince. For future, for community pain, he he absolutely has community pain. It's oh, all right. <laughs> I just I just don't know. I mean, I'm like, I'm you dating royalty. I'm over here like whatever you like. What do you like? 
whatever yeah. you she's like. Not, you know what? She's probably just not ready to, to settle down. You know, from what I can can tell, I've, I've never met this woman before. But um, it just seems like she does things on her own, any the way she wants to do it. And so she's probably not ready to settle down. And when she is ready, she will. You know, who knows? You know, that whole, the guy, you say he's from Iran. That's a whole other culture. So you you may be saying right now whatever you like, but you don't know what he like. <laughs> you <don't> know? know. <laughs> and you may not be down with it. So who you knows? You might be right, but I, I, I think I can assimilate. Let me, let me have an Assyrian prince. Um, shout me out over here in these streets, and I might have to do a little taste first, and then I gotta decide. <laughs> so, so yeah, so she's um, I don't know. It's a it's a bag fumble to me. Like let's let's get our whole let's get our whole generation together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got we got in a serious. But you never know what she what she acquired. You know, she's very tight lipped, so you never know what she may she may have taken some of the bag with her. You never know. This she's is very tight lipped. With her uh her comings and goings. I just I just the the part about cheating with future, I'm just like, sis. What yeah. anybody else, like anybody else. Not him. Okay. I don't know. This man must have the, the most immaculate penis ever. <laughs> I don't know. Or is I don't know. I, I can't I don't even get it. But um I don't even wanna know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> or who, who matters? I don't even want to know. <laughs> we ain't might, have me, might have me peeking through windows and hiding in bushes. I don't, I don't need that stress in my life. <laughs> Nobody does for the 2020. <laughs> not, not, at this, not in this season of my life. <laughs> Barbara, this is Shirley. <laughs> Barbara, no, you be like Barbara, Diane. Uh, it'll be a whole Mr. list of people you call it. <laughs> that list be like 20 names deep. Mm-mm, I ain't got that. I ain't got time. Okay. I'm good. All you, right. You mean to tell me I got the windmill on all of y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got that kind of energy, man. I don't. <laughs> woman to woman. <laughs> Me neither. I can't take it. All right. (laughs) Okay. Are we at the Kitten Heels and Pearls segment of the show? We absolutely are. So we are here at the Woke Minute. So um, cannot escape the fact that we are uh, in the middle of what sounds like a world war. So I know you've heard, as everybody's heard, Number 45 last week ordered the airstrike attack at a Baghdad airport on Iran's top general, Qasem Soleimani, uh, who is basically the Ayatollah Khomeini's right-hand man. That's like the the president of Iran. And he ran the Qud forces. So the story is, I'm just going to report this to you guys, and then we're going to kind of go into some maybe behind-the-scenes stuff. So The story is supposedly this man was the most dangerous terrorist in the world. He was responsible for all these covert operations, all these terrorist terrorist attacks. They even blamed him for having some dealings in 9-11 and that he was supposedly responsible for thousands of deaths, including hundreds of Americans. So if we do a little bit of our history, we know that we were occupying Iran um, and Iraq some years ago. Uh, after 9-11, but then Obama pulled out in 2011. 
So the story is that when we pulled out of our occupation of uh, Iraq, ISIS grew. Um, and so they let us back in like, hey, we need some help. So we were so focused on getting rid of ISIS in Iraq and Syria. And um, so the story is also that during that time, Iran infiltrated the Iraqi people. So basically, Iran got the Iraqi people to, hey, we're going to go, we're going to attack Americans. So there's this big U.S. embassy base in Iraq, which I understand is, uh, they call it like, it's a green space. So it's like hundreds of acres, and it's the it's in the middle of Iraq, and it was bombed some time ago. What the story is, is that the Iraqi security, who was supposed to be protecting the U.S. embassy, basically opened a back door and um, let Iran come in and they bombed it. So the story is that Soleimani was in Iraq, which, of course, is a foreign country to him because he's Iranian. He plotted these terrorist attacks against Americans in the region. So, of course, we step in like the knights in shining armor and we thwarted this plan and we killed him. So uh, that's the story. Um, But what I'm saying is we got to kind of step back for a moment. You know, this is the woke minute. We really got to wake up. It's 2020. So we really need to put on our 2020 vision goggles and glasses and see what's going on here. So I'm asking, you know, the question is, why were we there in the first place? Why are we invading and occupying Iraq in the first place? And when I look at it, I'm thinking diamonds, gold, and of course, oil, which is the wealth of these of these third world countries. So now are you with me on this? Because this is I, I just want to kind of break it down like where. Yeah, what's here. Going on here. All right. Mm-hmm. So think about what does the U.S. have? We got planes, trains and automobiles. We got a dollar bill monetary system that is, you know, really Not in- by anything, really. Right. And, you know, we're still struggling to, like, you know, get this dollar all over the world. And as the United United States, like, you know, we don't respect sovereignty. We don't respect independence of any nation. So what does the U.S. do? What do we know them to be doing? We know we take. We take from people. We take from nations. And if you don't let us take, then we use the CIA um, to spread misinformation and then we label you a terrorist and then we instigate a war and we go in using our specially trained and recruited forces, which we'll maybe we'll call them Al Qaeda. And that's how we go in and we re- maintain control over any foreign asset that we want. We've done this with Saddam Hussein, which basically we were saying to him, hey, let us into Iraq. We know y'all got oil. He said no in the way that, you know, was protecting his sovereignty. And so we said, oh, he's got weapons of mass destruction. Let's start a war. Let's take the oil. Uh, we did it again with Muammar Gaddafi. When if people need to understand who Gaddafi was, because he was basically the leader of Libya at the time. And he was very much about empowering Africa. He was all about, number one, stopping the West coming in and kind of looting the countries. Mm-hmm. So. We asked them, hey, let us into Libya. We need your oil and we want your gold, which I understand they had like seven, eight billion dollars worth of worth of natural resources in gold in yeah. Libya alone. And that was part of his uh, uh, his mission was to have a monetary system that was backed by gold. 
and right. spread that all across the, you know, well, especially in Africa, you have that in Africa and, and, um, and, you know, our dollar, like I said before, our dollar isn't backed by anything. It's paper. It's not backed by, right. we don't have any natural resources like that here. To back it. Right. And which it, and having that system in place would have basically obliterated the, the dollar. Right. And, pretty much crushed our system. So there was a lot going on behind that. So when Gaddafi said no, you know, basically y'all are not coming in here and looting us. What do we do? We labeled him a murderer. He was a terrorist. He's a war criminal. We start a war and then we just go in and take what we want. And from what I understand, they've never been able to locate the gold that was taken out of Libya. Although I've seen pictures and some videos of soldiers going in and taking big bricks of gold. So, you know, who's to say exactly what happened. So what the U.S. has done is pretty much kind of painted the same picture about Soleimani. Uh, oh, he has ties to 9-11. And, you know, we basically were going and we've been doing what we've been doing for centuries. So, you know, I'm, I'm asking people to really look at what is number 45 doing or what has he done? So if we remember back in when he was uh, going up for election during the, during that time, he told voters, he said, you know, I'm going to work really hard to send the troops back home. We've had this war. They call it the forever war in the Middle East when we were there since 9-11. And Trump is the one who pointed the fingers at Hillary Clinton and said, you know, we're going to end up in World War III if we voted for her. Yet he's the one who walked away from the nuclear deal that Obama put in place, which basically said everybody's going to chill. Um, we're not going to do this whole nuclear race. Um Everybody knows. I mean, Obama's been impeached. This man is like, he's the original gangster, for real. He's been impeached for what we know, but abusing his powers in the Ukraine. And but now... Not, Obama's not impeached, I'm, but... Um, I'm sorry, Obama. You, you know I'm talking about number 45. Trump. I didn't even yeah. want to name him. But, um, you know, so now he's, he's killed a foreign general without any kind of justification. You know, they pretty much put out the story, like, the reason why they went in and killed Soleimani is... Uh, there was this whole plot to kill Americans. But, I mean, we've we've not heard anything about that. And are we talking about Americans who were in foreign so soil? That it sounds like what it is. So um, understanding that Congress, which under the Constitution has the sole power to declare war, they weren't even informed of Number 45's plans uh, on that operation in Baghdad until after the fact. So what Number 45 done is technically illegal. He's assassinated a foreign leader under an executive order without um, without uh, anything from Congress. So that's a problem. Um, so what do you what do you think about this now? I'm just you know his administration has been riddled with illegal e illegal things that he's done. This is just the 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 latest thing that he's done right now, and it's very convenient that this happened right after he gets impeached. So um, is this a ploy to delay his trial? Um, who knows? But, you know, his 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 administration is, is just is corrupt. It's been corrupt from the he's been a corrupt man from, you know, his time outside of, you know, being in, in politics. But, um, you know, this is really putting our citizens at at risk. You know, the first thing I thought about <clears throat> when I heard about um, this killing is, you know, I live in, I didn't live in New York during 9-11 um, but I'm here now you know and you know I it just it just kind of makes me a little nervous because um you know these um you, you know these people have different bases all over the country all over the world really so you you know they may have 
people in the United States um, that are spies that are undercover. So they may be planning an attack, you know, in DC, they may be planning an attack in New York. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of ways how, because I live in the Bronx, how can I stay in the Bronx <laughs> and not go to the city? You know, I'm joking, but it's, I'm, I'm being realistic because, you know, an attack can come from anywhere. And it's not just our embassies in foreign countries that are, um, that are at risk. We are at risk as well. You know, we are, we claim ourselves being a superpower, but, you know, I think with that title, you, you also have to be strategic and how you uh, display that power. So he's, he just really put us in a, um, you know, a precarious situation right now, super precarious. And he's not well respected and he's not liked in this country and around the world. You know, so a lot of his actions, things that he's doing, we can definitely be the brunt of someone's retaliation, you know, and it's it's not I just I just really want us to get him out, out of office. I really do. You know, and I hope that this um, this attack on Iran doesn't um, cause a, a surge in his base and gets him reelected, you know, for next term, um, because it's, it's very convenient. This is happening after he gets impeached and also right before, um, you know, the next election. Right. And, and that's what it's, you know, are you, it's, it's mind boggling because is he setting himself up for reelection or is it just a distraction from the impending impeachment trial? I think it's all of that. I think it's all of that. I, I, and I think it's a little, it's a lot of, you know, him just telling the world, you know, fuck this shit. I came to blow shit up and this is how I'm going to do it because, um, making that decision, you know, it, and you hear a lot of analysts and really like, you know, what's the next step, you know, what are they going to do? And, you know, we don't even really have any allies in this. You look at China and Russia, you know, they're looking back like how, how rogue, how crazy is it for the United States to step, basically step in and, and kill this guy. So what's the plan? And I really don't think, you know, knowing that we, there's no plan. Yeah, there isn't. A, he doesn't. That's not exactly. the way he operates. You know. Because he only incensed them more. I mean, you you talking about um, a country who the ideology or the people it's different than. I mean, you know, we we got different ways of taking revenge. Their rare revenge, and it, you know, even with in in the, the political sphere, you know, we live in this country and supposedly we can speak freely, and you know, the consequences is not a beheading or it's not, you know, I'm going to be dragged out in the streets and stoned for my political views. It's different, you know, the ideology is different. So, what levels, you know, these are people who you know, what levels are they willing to go to exact revenge? They've already sworn revenge against. You know, there's an $80 million, is an $80 million bounty on number 45's head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this man goes between Washington and state of Florida. So, you know, to, to, to uh, D.C. And, and, and Florida. So what what's the plan here? You know, they were saying, you know, it could be a, a, a cyber attack because, you know, the Iranians have really um, their cyber capabilities have really increased. So, you know, could it be that? No one really knows, you know, what you know, their military person of what, you know, what, what does that mean for us here in the United States? What does that mean for um, American military personnel and civilians in these foreign countries? We don't really know. And yeah. are we, but are we prepared, you know? And the, and to me, the bottom line is all what these people want is for us to just get up out of there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the basic thing that they are fighting for withdraw from Iraq get out of the, get out, why are we occupying? We know why we're there. 
It's an oil thing, plain and simple. You know, this is really, it's a rich man's war, but it's a poor man's fight. Exactly. You know, you're not going to have billionaires and their sons and their children on the front lines here. You know, it's... And that's what what really makes me kind of sick about all these memes that are floating around, like, you know, among Black Twitter. And, you know, we, we are known for making serious situations, making light of serious situations. But really, I just, you know... I just don't really find some of them a little, a little, I get, give it a little chuckle. But if you, if you look under, you think about really what this means to us, you know, those memes aren't funny at all, you know, because it's going to be us that are on the front lines. They're going to be us that are sent out first. They're going to be us that are leaving here and coming back in body bags. It's going to exactly. be us. So it's, it's not funny to me at all. It's scary, you know, and especially I'm, I'm from a, um, a town, a city in Virginia, the area in Virginia where I'm from is heavily, um, it's a heavy military area. We have a naval base, we have an army base. Um, so a lot of my friends um, have family members or, or themselves are in the military and actively deployed. So this is scary for me. You know, it's, it's, it's very scary on all, on all ends because it's not going to end well for us. And we, you know, there was a meme saying, you know, we black, we don't, we, we don't back, you know, what Trump is doing, which is fine. I reposted and it's fine and cute and whatever, but really we are, uh, we are Americans and we are here and we're, we're the ones that are going to be out here fighting. And I read somewhere else where they said that they don't even have to enact the draft anymore because they they've already targeted recruitment for the poor. Because if you join these military um, organizations, you provide shelter, you provide food, you providing education. Those are the main three things that people want. Right. And if you don't have access to that, and this is the way to get it, um, then that's the way you're gonna go. And you know, there are some people who successfully matriculate through the um, the military system and become successful, but there are a lot of people who don't, who don't come back, who come back maimed, who come back um, with mental instabilities, who come back um, addicted to drugs. You know, right. Vietnam War, I know it was a long time ago, but you know, all those, a lot of those men came back addicted to drugs, to, addicted to heroin. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's absolutely detrimental um, to our communities. And I, I just, I think that we should just, you know, stop looking at the surface part of it and really think about what this means for people that are in our families, our friends and people that we love. Exactly. I, I totally, totally agree. Um, and we got, we just, we got to do better. This is, we really got to wake up. We really got to see what, um, what's really going on here. What, what are we fighting about? Cause you know, I think everybody's over here scratching their heads. Like what's, what's the real reason. And just, you know, if you go back to the center of why are we there in the first place? You know, United States has plenty of land, but we don't have any resources. Why are we anywhere for? Why are we anywhere besides the U.S.? We all, it's, it's because we don't have those resources. We're never. It's it's all. It's always under the guise of spreading democracy. We want to uh, spread democracy right. to the people, but these, the U.S. doesn't even care about their own citizens. Why would they care about somebody else's citizens? You know, exactly. if if we really cared about our citizens and our education system would be better, our healthcare would be better. Um, there wouldn't be lead in the water. We they don't care about poor people. Why are they gonna care about your poor people? They don't. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 it all it transcends. It's not even just poor people. You know, 
it's working class. It's up. It's up. You know, it, it, there is a anybody who is not a part of that one percent or a part of the wealth is poor. Right. <laughs> and we laughing, but that's so true. And that is those are the assets that they're going over here and fighting wars and instigating wars and infiltrating. You know, CIA infiltrates whole governments and takes down whole nations. That's the reason behind it. You know, this is what this is what spark what sparks it. It's it is for the benefit of that one percent who will never see a day on the front lines, who will never have a family member um serving or coming home in body bags and dealing with any of that what we just talked about, um, but will benefit one hundred percent financially um from the destruction and the and you know what comes out of that. So, yeah. uh, it's uh, pretty not a not a good thing. And you know, I'm like, we're not even one full week into 2020, and this is this is what you know the world is starting out with. But I think it's also a call to have 2020 vision to see clearly. Um, this is it's a it's a time of clarity and understanding, and that's what we need to do. And get up out of these countries. Um, we get up out. And find ways, different ways of, you know, uh, natural resources, natural gas, um, you know, different ways to sustain our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. All right. Um, let's lighten it up a bit. I'm ready for some, for some D. All right. <laughs> let's move along. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm ready for some Mm. <laughs> you know, I can't even say it. We are moving up. We ain't got no, I tell you, we don't have no transition. What is this? <laughs> All right, I'm going to slide up in some dick, some weekend dick. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So, and just for our listeners out there, we encourage you, if you have a question for the Weekend D report, please send it, uh, find us on Instagram at twizpod, T-W-I-S-P-O-D, or you can send an email to that's what I'm saying podcast at gmail.com, and we will be happy to air your, and probably give you some advice, um, on, on air. So, all right. So this question comes from um, a male listener. We have a lot of male. We have a lot of guy listeners. Thank y'all. All right. So last week, he's this is what he says, and I'll try to paraphrase it. But last week, during sex, she initiated me choking her, and I was really into it. It made me uncomfortable, but I went with it. Since then, we've done it a few more times. She really likes it, but it makes me uncomfortable doing it. Now I'm conflicted. On the one hand, I really like doing it and want to stop feeling like I'm hurting her, even though we have good communication throughout. On the other side, it really gets her off. And who am I to deny her that kind of kink for my own selfish holdup? What do I do? I haven't talked to her about it yet. Nah, okay, I do have so, the, uh, so, yes. So she 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 wants to be choked, but he doesn't want to choke her. Is that what it is? Yeah, he. It sounds like he's a little hesitant. He, obviously, she's enjoying it, but you know, maybe he's got some moral issues about it. it it's not. It makes him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can understand why he would be uncomfortable. 
<laughs> but um, maybe there is a, um, he, he definitely should talk to her about it. Um, this is something that should be discussed. Uh, maybe there is a way that he can do it. Um, they can kind of come up with a compromise that he can still do it. Maybe not um, as forceful or maybe, maybe kind of just like simulate the yeah, act. You know, someone at all the women. Yeah. <laughs> like the act. I don't, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you simulate choking to be not choking, but, um, and maybe you can kind of discuss, you know, let her know that this is something that you're not into, but you're maybe, you may be open to other things that she's into, you know, so it'll open a dialogue on, you know, what her sexual fantasies and needs are and what yours are. And maybe you can kind of come to a common ground. Maybe you don't necessarily have to act on this one, but maybe there's something else that she, that gets her off that she would enjoy as well. I'm gonna go with have a conversation with her about it because I'm pretty sure she don't she don't want medium choking she probably want all the way she want she want all the good good um and I think a good conversation you know just kind of she probably needs reassurance that you know because that that takes a high level of trust I, I you know I've I've had it done to me where okay you know, in the heat of the moment, a little, a little something, I can do a light pressure on my throat, but that's not, um, not too much. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not, I don't like being restrained at all. <laughs> I'll be ready to fight and that'll be over. The whole, the whole session will be over because I'll be ready to fight. Don't hold my hands down. Don't do none of that. Don't hold my neck down. Nothing. <laughs> it's a, it is a, it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a thing for me. I don't like it with everybody, but I've, you know, maybe once or twice and it just, it takes a high level of trust and, you know, something like, no, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily into that BDSM, like the kind of the torture. So I don't know what level she's at, but I think if they have a conversation about it, maybe use a safe word that they can establish um, between them to kind of build that level of trust. But, you know, it sounds like he's with it, but it's a little scary to him and she's all the way with it. So they just need to kind of level up to, you know, getting him more comfortable with her level of comfort where she's comfortable at, you know, and as long as it's consensual, I mean, they, he says she, she enjoys it immensely. And I mean, he, he seems like he says, I, you know, he doesn't like doing it, but he likes the reaction that it gets from her. And I mean, isn't that pretty much all the sexual acts? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you got a good partner yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like losing you so yeah it, it is um this is worthy of a discussion and like i said maybe there's a common ground they can come to with this or maybe they can discuss other um kinks that she likes and that he may like as well so gotta talk about it yeah i think i think a good a good talking to like what kind of pressure you like <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, she, I mean, cause she probably likes it rough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, there, there are some to me that's extreme, like to the point of passing out. Now that's too much in my, my opinion. Yeah. Uh, ooh, child, you know, yeah. you never know what people, you never know what people are into until yeah. they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, but interesting. But hopefully, yeah, I, I think, good brother you can talk to her about where she's comfortable at and what would make you comfortable and use a safe word you know have a safe word in place i think that's the best way to go about it mm-hmm. a okay. safe word for him or for her because you only need a safe word, um, need a safe word. <laughs> <laughs> all 
I guess for her, I guess a safe word for her to use so that he knows when he hears it, she's had enough. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Um, but yeah. All right. Okay. I think we I think we gave some good advice. Yeah. yeah. I think we did. Moving on. All right. So we are at the RMNS, RMNS. I can't help but like do the um do the butterfly and the bogle. <laughs> I reminisce, I reminisce. All right. So yeah, so this is my week to do the reminisce. And I chose Smith and Wesson uh Bucktown. Um it was one of their hits off of The Shining. This is their twenty-fifth anniversary of releasing this album. Wow. Twenty-five years, girl. So they're actually gonna be performing this Thursday at um at Gramercy Theater. I was kind of thinking about going. Um, but yeah, this is my, um, I chose it. This was, of course, I always say this is my shit because it was. Um, it's like a, um, it's a horn loop that they used throughout the whole song. And yeah. it was, um, it was um, sampled by Jack Bruce, Born to be Blue. And this horn is just so melodic. They kind of like carried on the torch of infusing jazz into hip hop. Um, this this is a classic song. This song kind of summarizes my whole, uh, the last part of my high school years and uh, part of my college years too. They actually came, uh, I don't know if I knew you then, but they performed at Coppin's Homecoming one time. And oh, girl, it was like, yeah. two degrees outside. Uh, it's like my freshman year, two degrees outside. And this was my freshman year. I don't know if you were in Baltimore then. This was, this was on my freshman year at school, so it had to be like 99, like 99, 2000. I mean, not 99, uh, 95, 96, uh, around that time. So uh, I remember it was like freaking two degrees. You know, this is my, this is a winter I'd never known before. So it was so cold for me up in, uh, in Maryland at the time. I thought I was going to die. And I got a ride to Coppin. I didn't have a ride back. Girl, it was crazy getting back home. We had, my homegirls, we had a ride there. We had no ride back. So we were like, it was kind of like around North Avenue. It was North Avenue, like two o'clock in the morning. Ciao. <laughs> we had Uber back then, and they had hacks and stuff. But you know, I'm new to Baltimore. I, ain't, I don't know about getting no car with nobody. I don't know. Yeah, you so, a certain way to catch a catch a car, girl. I don't know how we got back, but I'm still alive to tell the tale. But this was like one of my favorite concerts, and truth be told, like the boot camp clip, they're like one of my favorite kind of uh, ensemble rap groups. Um, I've seen them so many times, so I think I'm actually going to go and, and see them this Thursday. Um, uh, Smith & West is going to be there, um, formerly known as the Coco Brothers, and uh, Black Moon's going to be there, Evil D is um, DJing, so I think I may slide through. That sounds like an old school tunnel party. Girl, <laughs> it's going to be a whole bunch of uh, uh, hoodies and uh, fatigues and tens and shit in there. <laughs> I love it. And smoke, I love it. I love um, it. Yeah, I just, I remember the the um the saxophone on that song. Like the instrumental was very uh very bluesy. I really like that. And um you know, I always like Steel and Tech. Like they were you know, it was it was a little grimy, but they're actually like very woke. Like if you ever like hear and see some of their um some of the symbols that they have on like their um their albums, you know, very Afrocentric, like you yeah. know, business kind of show. So I, I always like that about them. Yeah. You know, that rugged rumble. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's. I, I like that them and their whole crew have really uh, had a lot of longevity in this, um, in this industry. You know, because a lot of artists that came out back then, 
uh, are not around right now, but they have a core following. Uh, they have a huge follower in Europe. They're always traveling and um, and um, touring in Europe, but they got a core base. Uh, I think Black Moon, Black Moon had a residence, not a residency, but they were at um, the Blue Note uh, last year, and I went. Um, I think they were there. They had a, like a week-long residency there. Um, they performed somewhere else last year. I've, been, I've seen them a lot. I've seen them a lot. And I try to go see them and support because, you know, it's part of my childhood. My, my young adulthood. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. All right, so that's my reminisce. Uh, Bucktown, 25 years ago. God damn. Jesus. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole adult walking around that wasn't even around when that came out. It's a, it's sure a whole, is. Whole consenting adult out here. Mm-hmm. They probably got a kid. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. All right. So moving on, we are now at the support black businesses segment of the show. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and supporting products and services that are made FUBU for us by us. So this week, I want to show my support for the rules for life. So this is a card game that comes with questions like, you know, quote unquote, what's the rules for Netflix? And also questions like, what's the rules for round two? So it was created by Brandon, he who is basically a creative at heart. And what I like about this game is that it really never gets old. So it's basically a card game, but it asks these questions on, you know, what are the rules? Like, what are the rules for riding shotguns? So it the conversation is always going to be different. It really is a great conversation starter. Um, but then also some of the questions like, you know, what are the rules for a black Santa? Where, you know, how do you, <laughs> so different things like that. So um, it's, it's actually very, very entertaining. Um, I have, I have a set and I can actually play this with, I can play with my mom. I can play with my boo. Um, and even with my son. So I do, I do like it. It's a, it's a really good idea. So the rules for life, and you can find it on the web at the rules for like, or the number life.com. So there you go. Sounds like I might have to get that for my, um, my family. We like to do game nights, um, when I'm home. So that'd be cute. Yeah. yeah, it's I, I like I said I like it because it it doesn't get old. You know, like some games, it's like it's the same thing. Like it, it won't get old because mm-hmm. it and it sparks conversation. So I do like that. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Alrighty. Are we at the end? We are at the end of the road. Yes. All right, y'all. We have come to the end. So you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, YouTube, and Spotify. Please follow us on Instagram at TwizPod and catch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show. You can see us in person, in the flesh, and you can download the Island TV app to catch that. So that's it y'all yeah we also want to give a super shout out to our producer vegas world inc you can catch him on instagram you can catch him on twitter he also has a podcast called hip-hop now thank you so much for tuning in um until next time y'all peace see ya